0: Bible turn to Psalm 78. Songs of summer is a series we do during the summer where we go through the Psalms one by one. We made our way to Psalm 78. I love the Psalms. So excited to be able to, to walk through this psalm with you today. It's good to see Elizabeth here. Hey, Elizabeth, I know you're back there. It's good to see her. Today it's good to see Jenna awake over there. Jenna working so hard for VBS. Let me look at this place; is awesome. Um, We are so excited about the week ahead. Um, To get us started on this psalm, I wanted to um, actually did what I do every so often. I started looking through old photos on my phone. You ever actually go back and look at all those pictures you've taken? Maybe sometimes you actually pull you have photo albums, you actually pull those out. But I asked our staff, I said, hey, send me a picture of when you got married. And, and I had a few of them who actually did it. So uh, I said, I'll go first. Uh, 16 years ago, there's me and my wife, Jennifer. So there we are. Yep. Uh, there's Lynn and Paula Chandler. I thought I saw you guys somewhere. Looking good. I love that. Hey, Lynn. Um, there's a more recent one with Brooke and Tyler. Getting married. And th- here's a throwback. That's, that's Mr. Barry and Miss Deanne Johnson. There's Heather and Derek. Scott and Keila. Buzz and CJ. I love that white jacket right there. <laughs> Vic and Cynthia. And then uh, bonus points if you can figure out who this is. this is. They're not on our staff. They're related to someone on our staff. That is anybody know? That's that's uh, Pastor Carlos's mom and dad when they first got married, headed out on their honeymoon, uh, right there. So Mr. Jerry, Miss Reba, uh, Sibley, and um, this 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 week on Tuesday, uh, the funeral for. For uh, Mr. Jerry, we had, uh, we were there for the celebration of his life. And you've kind of been along for some of their journey and, and heard of that. And as we were sitting there in the funeral and Psalm 78 was on my mind, I was thinking how we don't often stop and do what we do at funerals. And that is remember, Right. How often do we stop and actually like think about the stories that we tell at those moments. And it was a great service. It was, it was encouraging. It was beautiful to be able to celebrate his life. And if you're like me, I have a terrible memory. Like, good luck you know, trying to actually remember something. Like, I'll go back through pictures, old pictures, and I'll go, wait, did that actually happen? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I blame it on football, too many hits to the head. I, I, that's the only thing I know to do. But I, I mean, I'm all the time trying to remember things. Like, I, you know, I always have that fear of forgetting. And so, you know, I set alarms on my phone. I set reminders. I have journals I write in. Anybody relate to that? Come on, I need some support here. Um, I, I forget all the time and it's not just an embarrassing situation. Like sometimes it's, I forget someone's name or I call my, one of my kids by the wrong name, you know, we can do that, but there's, there's actually like, it can be more of a problem than just that if we have a bad memory, it can be a spiritual problem. It can be a spiritual problem for us to have bad memories. And that's what this psalm speaks to. You'll you'll hear this in this psalm that unless we remember what God has done in our life, unless we take time to stop and remember, we will forget. We will move on. And we will see the consequences of, of what happens when we do that. Psalm 78 is long. Have you looked at this? 72 verses. So it's, yeah, I hear the pages flipping. You're still going. It's second, the second longest psalm next to Psalm 119. And yes, I am going to read this whole thing. Unless I can get some volunteers. We could like popcorn read in here or something. Um, but I, I think it's really important that we read this whole psalm. I was saying in the first service, I mean, it took me like, a lot of read throughs for to really have it in my mind enough to to see it. So I want you to to do a run through with me right now. Read this with me and and just let it soak in. And then we'll go back through it at a high level to to talk about it. And I'll end with a couple closing thoughts. So that will be the plan. Psalm 78, a mask of Asaph, give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. Things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them and the children yet unborn, born. And arise and tell them to their children. So that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The Ephraimites, armed with a bow, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant. But they refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. In the sight of their fathers, he performed wonders. In the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan, he divided the sea and let them pass through it. And he made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime, he led them with a cloud and all the night with a fiery light. He split rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God saying, can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rock so that water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel. Because they did not believe in God and did not trust his saving power. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. And he rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Men ate of the bread of the angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens. And by his power... He let out the south wind. He rained meat on them like dust, winged birds like sand of the seas. He let them fall in the midst of their camp all around their dwellings. And they ate and were filled. For he gave them what they craved. But before they had satisfied their craving, while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them. And he killed the strongest of them and laid low the young men of Israel. In spite of all this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. So he made their days vanish like a breath, and their years in terror. When he killed them, they sought him. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock. The Most High God was the Redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up all his wrath. He remembered that they are all but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. How often they rebelled against Him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. They tested God again and again and provoked the holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power or the day when he redeemed them from the foe. When he performed his signs in Egypt and his marvels in the fields of Zoan, he turned the rivers to blood so that they could not drink of their streams. He sent them. Among them swarms of flies, which devoured them, and frogs, which destroyed them. He gave their crops to the destroying locusts and the fruit of their labor to the locusts. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamores with frost. He gave over their cattle to the hail and their flocks to thunderbolts. He let loose on them his burning anger, wrath, indignation, and distress, a company of destroying angels. He made a path for his anger. He did not spare them from death, but gave their lives over to the plague. He struck down every firstborn in Egypt, the firstfruits of their strength in the tents of Ham. And then he led out his people like sheep. He guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them in safety so that they were not afraid, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. And he brought them to his holy land, to the mountain with which his right hand had won. He drove out nations before them. He apportioned them for a possession and settled the tribes of Israel in their tents. Yet they tested and rebelled against the Most High God and did not keep his testimonies. But turned away and acted treacherously like their fathers. They twisted like a deceitful bow. For they provoked him to anger with their high places. They moved him to jealousy with their idols. When God heard, he was full of wrath. And he utterly rejected Israel. He forsook his dwelling at Shiloh. The tent where he dwelt among mankind. And delivered his power to captivity his glory to the hand of the foe. He gave his people over to the sword and vented his wrath on his heritage. Fire devoured their young men and their young women had no marriage song. Their priests fell by the sword and their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awoke as from sleep like a strong man shouting because of wine. And he put his adversaries to rout. He put them to everlasting shame. He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. But he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth, which he founded forever. He chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ewes, he brought him to shepherd Jacob his people, Israel his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. Psalm 78. Let's let's take a moment to pray. ask the Lord right now to open our hearts to what he has to say. Lord, may your word do what it does. It's active and living, sharper than a double-edged sword, and it cuts into the deepest parts of who we are. I pray you would be alive today. And through your spirit, we would, we would see what you want to say to us this morning. We understand and hear what you have to say to us. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I mean, can you imagine what this song would have been like if they were singing it? <laughs> I mean, they, they don't have PowerPoint. I mean, how, how, this, is <laughs> this is a long psalm, and I can't imagine setting it to music. So what do we need to learn from this? I think it will help if we break it down, and this isn't any official Sort of outline. It's more of what helps me. I, I put it, uh, I blocked it out into three categories and into three parts. The first part is the introduction, that's verses one through eight. And then we get two history lessons. Part one starts in verse nine, it goes to verse 41, and then verse 42 to 72 is the second part of our history lesson. In fact, you could take each history lesson and just lay them side by side. Hopefully, you'll you'll see some of the parallels and some of the repetitions that take place between the two. Right away, as we start reading this psalm, the psalmist is telling us we need to listen. There's two two times it's repeated, or or one time it's repeated. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. This is verse 1. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. This is often the introduction to words of wisdom. In the Proverbs, you'll see that. You'll see this, this quick, like, hey, listen up. This is important. I need everybody, you know, if, if, if you're a kindergarten teacher, it's like, I need everybody's eyes and ears on me. That, that's what this, the, the psalmist is saying here. I need you to listen. What I have to say is important. And then in verse 2, he tells us what he is going to say. He says it's a parable. He says, it's a dark saying, or, or another way to put that is, I think the NIV translates it this way, it's a hidden saying. It's a parable. So we know what a parable is. A parable is a story with a meaning. But we also know that sometimes those stories with meanings aren't always easy to just pull out. That's, that's what makes a parable so interesting, I guess. Uh, if you flip in your Bible over to Matthew 13... I want to make a quick point about this. Uh, Scroll down, flip over to Matthew 13, because when you think about parables, you probably think, Jesus, he told parables all the time. He told these stories all the time. And he's telling one of those parables in Matthew 13, one that maybe you've heard before, if you're familiar with the Bible, and it's the one where a sower goes out and he throws some seed and some of the seed lands on rocky ground and some of it lands on um you know the the ground where the birds would come and pick it up and then some would land on the good ground and his disciples come up to him and, and it's it's such a great question is like jesus okay come on you got to help us out why do you keep telling these stories like why are you speaking in parables what's the point of this why would a psalmist be telling us a parable and i think the answer is the same answer that that jesus gives here after they ask him you know i don't whatever answer we think jesus might have it's like nope not that's not what we were thinking here's here's what he says he answered to them to you it has been given this is verse 11 to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven but to, to them it has not been given okay you see they've been given the ability to see. It's been divine revelation. Verse 12, for to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have in abundance. But from the one who has no, not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. When we get to Psalm 78, and the psalmist says this is a parable, this is a hidden saying, he's saying it's going to take... God's revelation for us to pull out this big truth that he's showing us. Okay? So let's see if we can get there. Let's, let's see if we can pull that out. Let's we'll see if the Lord will allow us to see this. And he says it's so important, if you look at verse 4, that this truth needs to be not hidden from our children, but told to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and His wonders. You know, when we go back through pictures and we're reliving, reliving memories, we, we, we pull up some old pictures or we have a little night where we put our get our family together, we put it up on the screen, we watch through old videos. We have those family memories, but it's also just as important because interwoven in those stories in our life are spiritual stories of how God has acted and and what he has done, and it's just as important for us to you know laugh about what one of our kids did, you know, on the first cake they ever ate as a baby. To to also say, but hey, there was that moment where, if it weren't for God, you, you would not have been here. He protected you, and so we have these spiritual uh, stories like wrapped up in all this. And and it says, tell them to the next generation. I love this picture. This is a picture of Aslan Moore and Travis and Angie uh, passed this along to us. Last week we were outdoors for that service and they were like, we didn't even have to tell them. Pastor Carlos started praying and he started praying. I mean, that's what it's about. Like we're passing this on to the next generation, these truths of God, these spiritual memories that we have that he's given us. We, We pass that along to our children but not just our children. In verse 6 it says, not just to the next generation, but to the generation not yet born. This is where it really stretches me. I, I got into this part. I was like, hey, we need to stop here for a second and think about this. That, that it's not just our kids, but it's our kids' kids and their kids. We have grandparents in the room. Maybe great-grandparents. You know this probably better than any of us. That, that you, Like you've seen it. That the generations come. And you, and you look and you say, what have I passed down to them? That's what we experienced this week with, with Mr. Jerry and, and hearing his life story and hearing his, his grandkids stand up and talk about what he had passed down to them. What does that look like in our lives? And he says, this is so important that we do this because in verse 7, it's, it's what allows us to set our hope in God and not Forget what he's done, and then he, we kind of have to settle in for those story times that we that we read through. We get to this first part of the history lesson in verse nine, and he starts off by talking about the Ephraimites. That's a representation, or I guess a designation, if you will, for the northern kingdom. And and in the last part of the psalm, he says that that they've actually been rejected, and in and in, in their place, he's picked Judah the southern kingdom where, where David is from. The northern kingdom really represented Israel's strength and power. That was, that was like, hey, we've got King Saul. He's, one of the, he's part of the northern kingdom. That's where the tribes that let us out in battle. This, this is like where our strength lies, humanly speaking. And, and the psalmist says, well, actually, this group, They were the ones who had to turn back on the day of battle. Where you think your strength is, is not your strength. Because here's the problem. They did not keep God's covenant, verse 10, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works. When you forget the works of God, you end up walking away from God. If you forget the works of God, if you forget what he's done, if you let that pass away, you will walk away from God. That's what the psalmist is telling us. And think about what they forgot. It's not like, oh, there was this little miracle, yeah, I mean it was a miracle, but it was you know it's kind of small compared no, it was God dividing the sea, like literally he he's saying, you forgot the most major act of salvation if you in, in the Bible up to to that point it was the exodus was was it this is the moment where Israel's delivered out of slavery there like, you, you forgot that. And, you know, I think what we have to be careful of is to not say, yeah, look at them. They, they forgot. I would never do that. I think we, we have to read the story. We have to put ourselves in the story. We have to say, yeah, that's us too. In verse 16, he sa- it says, he made the streams. God made the streams come out of the rock and caused the waters to flow down like rivers. But get this, this time they don't forget him, but yet they still sin more against him. Sometimes it can be that we don't forget God and we can be in the middle of like him moving and acting on our behalf and and doing a great work. And we still sin against him. We still rebel against him. And then verse 19, this is... (laughs) This is the part that stood out to me in my first reading. I remember, like, can you imagine just saying this to God? But can God spread a table in the wilderness? Yeah, you did this and this and this. You, you did these amazing acts, miraculous acts. But can you spread a table in the wilderness? Can, can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? I, I was thinking, like, what that would be like. To, and we do this, we do this, but just think about what it what, would what be like to say this to God you know, you've done these great miracles, but can you do this? I, I was thinking, yesterday I, I got this really cool experience to go cook with Chef Jose right down the road. Um, and there. I have a little video here I was taking. He was teaching me how to cook. And he is an amazing chef. And my wife got me this for, for my birthday, to go get a cooking lesson. I don't know what she was trying to say. But um, no, it was really fun. And and like as as he's... Showing me, do this, do this. It would be like me saying to him, I mean, if you've eaten this food, you're like, it's amazing. It would be like, hey, I get your steak every time, but, but can you cook chicken? Do you actually know how to cook chicken? I don't know if you really do. I can't trust you to cook chicken. I'm like, that's ridiculous. And that's what they're doing. there, And that's what we do to God. Like, yeah, you delivered us there, but can you do it now? And we know this is repetitive because in John chapter 6, it happens again. In John chapter 6, Jesus um, feeds the 5,000, if you remember that story. Feeds the 5,000, gives them all the food they need, and, and then they come after him. They're like, well, the, you know, we're not, this guy's, he's, he just fed everybody happy meals. We're going we're gonna, to, like, follow this guy. We're, let's see what he can do next. And, and they, they come to him when, after he's walked across the sea, and they say, Jesus, you know, what else you got? And they say, and he says, well, here's what you need to do. And then they say, hey, show us a sign. Show us a sign so we know, like, what you're saying is true. <laughs> and it's like, uh, guys, they just he just, like, literally took this little few pieces of bread and meat and, and, and made it multiply to everybody. Like, did you miss that part? They're literally asking for another sign. And, and then they say, you know, because here's the thing. God gave us a sign in the wilderness, and it was referring to the same incident that's here in Psalm 78, like, remember, Moses, he gave us bread and meat to eat. And Jesus goes, that wasn't Moses, that was my father. And then he says, I am the bread of life. And he's saying to them, guys, the sign points to me. I'm, I'm the sign. I'm the one that's here. And, and 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 so if you think that this doesn't just like, continue to repeat in our lives, like, thinking, you know, God, we need more, like, you haven't, sh-. And, and, and all the time, God always he will point us back to himself. I, I, I've done this for you. Look at me. Remember what I've done. And he goes, the psalmist continues, right? He, he's talking about how the man is delivered. Talks about how they were, they ate and they were filled And then in verse 32, it's like on and on after all these things. In spite of all this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. Could that be you? Could that be me? Could that be us to to see God do amazing, miraculous things and then for us to just move on? And then right when you think they're turning the corner in the psalm, I mean, you're, you're starting to kind of root for them, right? If you're reading yourself into the story, you're like, come on, let's get this right. Let's go. And then in verse 35, it says, they remembered that God was their rock. Okay, like we've had this problem the whole psalm, like they keep forgetting. And they're going to remember this is good the most high god was the redeemer verse 36 but they flattered him with their mouth and they lied to him with their tongues their heart was not steadfast toward him it's like you know even sometimes when we remember the the the, the memory is so that we kind of Get God on our own terms. And what I mean by that is sometimes we remember, oh, yeah, God did that. Maybe I can ask him right now, Lord, I, I, you helped me that one time find my lost phone. I need, to, I need your help again. I need to find my phone again. Something stupid like that. I may or may not have done that a couple weeks ago. But, um, and, and we're looking to God not for him but for what he can give us. We're, we're looking for the gifts and not the giver. And so this psalmist warns us for that, like, hey, this is what happens. Sometimes we remember God, but then it's just talk. It's not real in our heart. We're not really seeking him. And then we get in this first part of the lesson, and this happens again in the second part, too. So I'm just going to go ahead and spoiler alert. Here it is. How does God respond? How does God respond when he acts, he acts, he acts, he acts, and then we forget? Verse 38, yet he being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often, and did not stir up his wrath. That's how God responds. Praise the Lord. Verse 42, history lesson part two, we're gonna see a lot of repetitive themes And it starts with this line again that's so important. They did not remember his power or the day when he redeemed them from the foe. And the psalmist again takes them back through how God delivered them out of Egypt. This time actually stepping back, like even went further back in their history. This time he'll go further back in their history and further forward in their history to recall what God has done. And not only what God has done... But in this section, he says, look at how God did it. In verse 52, he says, he led his people out like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them in safety and they were not afraid. You see the kindness of God. And then he recalls how God brought his people to the promised land. And they get into the promised land, you know, like, hey, it's going to go good, right, we're, we're heading the right, tr-. nope. And now instead of just forgetting God, they replace God. In verse 58, they provoked him to anger with their high places. They moved him to jealousy with their idols. They've forgotten God and actually replaced him. And then in verse 59, we see God respond. It's it's similar to to what we found there at the end of the first history lesson. This time from, from 59 on to the end, you'll see. Here's God's response. He acts... He punishes. The ark is captured. Eli's sons are killed. Uh, that's where you see some of the lamentation that's happening there with, with uh, Israel was just a total mess, had totally rejected God. Eli's sons had they were doing all kinds of miserable things, and they're punished. The people suffer defeat in battle. But then in verse 65, we see ultimately though, what God does, the Lord awoke us from sleep like a strong man shouting because of wine. And he put his adversaries to rout. He put them to everlasting shame. He rejects the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. But he chooses the tribe of Judah. And he puts a shepherd on his throne. Because he wants them to be shepherded. Like he would shepherd them. And he picks David, his servant. Who we know much about. The great king of Israel. And he puts him on the throne. And so here is... The pattern. God acts. God saves us. We forget. We move on. We rebel. And then God is yet still kind to us. He does not give up on us when we have given up on Him. And the psalmist is saying, look at that pattern. And he's repeated for us twice. And then we have the, the viewpoint to be able to see it a third time. Because we have the whole history of Israel. So if you take the end of Psalm 78 and then you, you take it up to today, then you know what happens in Israel. It's not long after King David, I mean, King David had his own faults, but I mean, you know, they, they enjoyed this time of prosperity, this time of like seeing what, you know, it would be like to have God's kingdom on earth. And, and then it's just a short time later. That his grandson, is like the kingdom has split and starts to crumble. That King David was not enough. And so we see that repeat in history over and over again. And what God is going to do and has done is give us another shepherd that he sets on the throne. One that can reign forever in the line of David, Jesus. Because even though we have seen God act, and even though his people still yet reject him, God says, I'm not going to give up on you. And he sends Jesus coming to pursue us. And he sets this shepherd on the throne. Jesus lived a perfect life, the life in which we could not live, and he died the death in which we deserved That's the story. So if you go back to the beginning and you say, well, what does it mean when he says, I'm, I'm opening my mouth with a parable, I'm, I'm uttering these hidden sayings. It's this, that God acts in a way that's shocking, that we would have never been able to like come up with on our own, that we would have never been able to, to like, you know, manufacture or see, or it's totally counterintuitive. That's the parable. And it takes the revelation of God to say, like, no, 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 actually, even though you've rejected him, he still loves you. It takes God opening our eyes to see, no, I I love you. I'm still coming after you. That's the gospel message that's so simple yet profound enough that, that we as adults will often reject it and not fully embrace it. So what do we do with this? I think we do what a, f- a friend of mine was doing this week. And, and which we're told to do in the first part of this psalm. I was sitting down for lunch with a friend and it was, it was incredible. I, it was like, um, he, he was telling me his story. We we had just started to get to know each other. And when He he told me a little bit of his spiritual background, that he had um, grown up Catholic, and then um, a little bit later, and and, um, he, you know, as an adult, after he had kids, he started going to church a little and started learning about the Bible. But 10, 15 years had passed, and not much had really happened. And then he said a couple years ago, it just clicked with him. And he's telling me, like, I mean, he's, he's like getting excited, he's worked, he's like... Man, like, do you, do you, do you, you like, hear what it's saying? Do you get this? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm a pastor. I I try to understand it, you know. And he's like, I mean, really, like, this is a, and he's, he's just, the excitement and the spark and the fire is there. I was like, I needed that. Right? He was talking about how he was seeing God work here and there and there and there. And he was like, I have to tell somebody about this. Like, I, I, like, and he was, he was was like, can can you help me? Like, how, how can we tell more people about this? And that was how our conversation was going. I was like, I know, I know, right? This is awesome. And that's what the psalmist says. It says, pass this on to the next generation. That's what we're doing this week with VBS. That's what. We should be doing with our children at home. We recall these moments. And it's, it, we have the story of God, uh, this, this story of the Bible. but We also have our story that's been written. And we pass that on to our kids so that it gets passed on to their kids and their kids and their kids. And so I point you to, first of all, to Jesus that this psalmist really, like, is is leading us to. David could never do what needed to be done. I point you to Jesus. If you've never trusted Jesus with your life or asked him to forgive you of your sins, to lead you in life, to to transform your life, then I point you to him first. And if he has saved you, have you allowed it to just become maybe you need to take a second today and just like go back to it again. Remember it, let it, let it be fresh again. Let it, let it spill out, right? Wherever you go and whatever you do with your kids and wherever you invest in, into those around you, into the next generation. Let's pray. Lord, would you just never allow us to forget what you've done for us. Lord, may that salvation that you've given to so many of us in this room, may it be fresh again. May we take the truths of who you are and how you've acted in history and in our life, may may we pass that on. Lord, may we remember. May that just... Changes like this week. Let us be different. Let us let us be sharing this. And it's in your powerful name we pray, Jesus. Amen.